are now tuned in into another episode of the Women for the Culture, the podcast, where we talk with women who are doing the damn thing, changing the narrative, and changing the game. If you're not familiar with Women for the Culture, we are a meeting place for women of color to shop, explore, learn, and grow. Sit back, relax, grab a glass of wine, because it's time to get to it. But first, a word from our sponsors. This is Camille Davis, Montage PR, and I recommend Anchor as the best platform for my clients to host their podcasts. Not only is it easy to use and no cost, it's perfect for beginners who may not be tech or production savvy. When you tune into the Women for the Culture podcast, know it's possible all thanks to Anchor. Welcome to the Women for the Culture podcast. This is your host, Camille Davis, Montage PR, and today I have Aina Brian. Aina is an amazing creative. She has successfully released three self-produced albums. She's launched an all-female production company. She self-published her own recipe book, Cheat Days with the Ugly Cook. She's launched a clothing brand, the Brian Collection, and she's the founder of 3K9 Production. So, Aina, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to get right into it. Thanks for having me. Let's do it. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I don't want to get too personal um, or at least not too emotional, Um, and I hope that, you know, with the current state and climate of the culture right now, I think that we just have to address it. You know, one of our great kings just passed this weekend, Chadwick. Um, However, even though this is women for the culture, I think it's only right that we, you know, give him a little praise, you know? The reason that I bring that up, though, is that I think that we're uncovering a lot in terms of purpose and meaning of life, you know, with the death of great people like him, and it's unfortunate. However, I say that to say we know what happened to you in 2015 with the passing of your sister, and it really Mm -hmm. seemed like that obviously changed your life, but I want to go into how it's now more purpose-filled, if that makes any sense. I feel like, um, like with her passing, that made me look at time a lot different. You know, you feel like we put things off, we get to it later. Uh, we don't really live fulfilling lives. You know, uh, that that level of procrastination because you know it's a thin line between trying to perfect something and procrastinating um, when it comes to like fulfilling your purpose in life. So I always felt like my family was untouchable in that way like we wasn't the most blessed family but we haven't really experienced death of that magnitude you know how you'll have like a, a cousin in the past or you know but when it comes to my immediate family like when I was born from the time I was born I didn't experience that I did lose a brother um I didn't get a chance to meet him he passed a month um and some weeks before I was born at the age of four. So that was my first time, you know, experiencing death with my siblings. Yeah, such a young age, too. Mm-hmm. 
Tell us so, how that affected you and how you've potentially carried that trauma and now how you use this, you know, it hasn't been that too long ago, you know, 2015, and I know yeah. grieving is something that we'll always do, but how do you use that to fuel you? You know, death, death is inevitable. That's, that's something you can't avoid. You know, but how you live is like, it's, that's truly your choice. And a lot of us don't realize how powerful we, we are because we're too busy um, trying to live up to somebody else's expectations or we're trying to get validation from other people or make other people happy outside of ourselves. So with her situation and how she passed, um, you know, she depended on the opinions of a man that, you know, she thought loved her, she thought she loved. Um, and just looking at that situation, like when she passed, that wasn't love. You know, we, we become possessive and obsessed with one another, but love is nurturing. Love warders you. And that, that wasn't her situation. And it just made me realize how she, she lived her life trying to make sure he was pleased with her, but never really put energy into trying to please herself. And by not, not being able to satisfy him in that way, no matter what she did, you can't make people happy. That, you just can't make people happy. And that's what yeah. she was trying to do. She was trying to make him happy and happy with her um, and end up, you know, from that level of rejection, uh, drinking herself to her death. Yeah. At what point does it stop or at what point, you know, I'm pretty sure that you go back in your mind like, you know, could I have said something? Could I have stopped this? You know, I've lost both of my parents and every day I have to live with, you know, the replaying mm -hmm. back. Like, could I have done more? Could I, you know, you can't. those moments, yeah. You can't. And I'm glad People, that you destiny don't. is their destiny. Mm -mm. I, I did it. I did it for an entire year. I did it for the entire year. I beat myself up. I, I drank myself. To, <laughs> to, I've never drank so much in my life. You know, always being the strong one, um, always being the glue to the family. Because my mother had 10 kids. I was blessed enough to grow up with eight of them, eight of my siblings. So there was nine of us. And no matter what I've done, how I tried to show up for her, she had to want that for herself. You cannot want something for people more than they want it for themselves. You can spark something in them, but if their mentality is, you know, it's easier said than done, which was her mentality, I don't know what it's like to have an addictive personality. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell you exactly what she was going through because I don't have an addictive personality. I know how to pull back from anything that's sending me down a darker path at any time. So it's, no, it's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do. Um, you can only show up the best way you can. And because I haven't, like the, the week that she passed, she had called me like five days before, and I had just moved to L.A. And I used to sit on the phone with her for hours. Um, I was trying to take on certain responsibilities for her so she could just remove herself from needing this guy in any shape or form, she wouldn't do it. It, it was like a, you know how you, you um, 
something is familiar and you would rather deal with something that's familiar no matter how damaging it is because you kind of know your way around those grounds, you find comfort there. That's, that's what was going on with her. Like she knew, she knew this. It was, you know, this is what I know. So she, she stayed because of the comfort level. You don't want to get familiar with nothing else. You don't want to understand new grounds, even if it's healthier for you. So she had called me, and I was, I was tired because she kept telling me what her problem was. But she, I, never see, I haven't seen her take steps to um, addressing it. So I, I told myself I was going to give myself a break because I was draining myself. And I'm like, I just moved to L.A. for selfish reasons. Yeah. You know, to you know, because I I felt like I never looked out for myself. I'm always looking out for everybody else. So I'm like, I moved to yeah. L.A. Still investing time into her, like talking to her, trying to get her to, you know, know that she's beautiful and that she's worth more. Um, so I gave myself a break and I said I'm going to call her in a week. I said I'm going to call her in a week. Uh, set a reminder in my phone, and then five days later, my other sister called me and said I don't think she's going to make it this time. And I already felt, I felt it. I felt it this time. And normally I'd be like, she'll be okay. She'll be okay. Yeah. I still yeah. said it, but I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it this time. And that's when she, she passed. And I beat myself up for not calling her back, for not being able to say I love you for like a year. But, you know, I had to forgive myself and understand, like, you know, people's destiny is their destiny and they're in control of it no matter what you do. Yeah. If they don't see or make that, you know, put that energy in behind shifting, there's nothing you could do. That's so, so true. And I'm just really proud of yourself for not blaming yourself, you know, for taking yourself Thank through you. it. You know, you you had to go through it, but I'm glad that you overcame and you came out of it. Thank you. Most importantly, with everything that you just said, you are pouring that back into women. And that's why I had to have you on Women for the Culture because that's what we're about. We're about using our platform to speak life into women. And I know that you're doing that in hip-hop. And that is amazing. I don't see enough of it in the industry. I want to see more of our leaders, more of our influencers stepping out, you know, mm-hmm. and strengthening our culture. I think that they have the power, they have the voice to do so. So I want to talk about how you're specifically creating those visuals to, you know, embrace the beauty and the strength of black mm-hmm. women. And how are you changing the narrative in hip hop? You know, I um, created a club called the Fortunaire Club. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to get people in the same space that that's ready to invest in themselves, that, you know, that want to get behind the wheel of their own life. So I I created a Fortunary Club, and I just try to spark something in them that I had them uh, thinking on a deeper level so they can understand how truly powerful they really are. You know, we're always looking outside of ourselves for answers. So I get what you're saying, like when it comes to influencers, and but they don't hold, they don't really hold as much weight as we think they do, because That's people true. really, really be hindering themselves. Mm-hmm. So, because wow. it's not like we haven't had it, we we've had it. It's just, it's not energized the way everything else is energized. Yeah. 
It's not brought to the forefront the way everything else is brought to the forefront because people have to want that that change for themselves. Yeah. So people gravitate toward more of the low vibrational energies that's out here. They're familiar with that energy. They're comfortable with that energy. It, it requires less work. It's easier to be there, to exist there, but it's not the same when it comes to you know, elevating and expanding, that's more painful. Then you have to face your own demons. So, you know, a couple of things that I've done, like as far as music, (laughs) because I have my own production company, like I got, uh, I made healing frequencies, like within um, instrumentals. So I don't know if you ever heard of lo-fi, but I uh-huh. created a lo-fi, yeah, I created a lo-fi B-tape called Higher Lows. And since I'm in control of the master, I know my frequency is 432 hertz. Now, everybody else, I can't, I can't guarantee they work, you know. <laughs> but for okay. me, because I'm in control of my masters, um, I did that. I also uh, removed saying the, the bitch word. I, <laughs> I had to stop that because, you know, they used to call me Temple. And I was so reckless as as an artist, but I want to be more um, I want to be more responsible as an artist. You know, is it? Yes. Um, am I obligated to do so? No. And that's what people don't understand is like we're not obligated to do anything, but walk in our light and serve mm-hmm. our purpose. But mm-hmm. I choose I choose to be more uh, responsible with like what I put out there. Um, what kids see when they see me, you know, I choose to be more responsible when it comes to that. Like I want, I want women to feel more protected, more respected, and more loved. Yes. But I still make ratchet songs. Don't get it confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still got to release. You know, I can't yeah. suppress a sexual part of me uh, trying to just be on one end of the spectrum because that's the other part that you have to balance out as well. But I do, you know, try to be more responsible and, you know, I, I talk to people a lot, like, on lives. Um, it's, it's more personal where, like, the world can't see because it's not, like, it'll stay up there. But, mm-hmm. you know, I tap in with people as often as I can and get them something to think about. And plus I created the Fortunary Club and they got access to me if they wanted to do, like, one-on-one um, wow. sessions. I, got a, I created an eight-week killing program. You know, just to get I know, people I want back. to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> so is that a part of the yeah. Fortunate Club? Before we go into the, I think, mindful living and healing, right, what, yeah. how can they get involved with the Fortunate Club if people are listening and they want to jump on and be a part right now? Because I wanted it to be more of a personal exchange, like I didn't want nobody to have to go to the website, everything just okay. computerized, they, they could DM me at the Brion Collection and ask me how to join, and then I send them all the information there. You know, it's more, like, personal. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you talking to me, and I'm telling you, like, since I'm going to be the one that's over the club, you're talking to me. You're not going to nobody else. You're not going to no website. So if they DM me at the Brion Collection and ask me how to join, then I send them all the information. Okay, and that's T-H-E-B-R-E-I-Y-O-N Collection. Yes. 
all one word on Instagram. That's amazing that you've even made yourself that accessible to people. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Unlike I, I do what I, I can. <laughs> That's beautiful. Now, getting into the mindful living and healing, we mm-hmm. have, you know, September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. You have mm-hmm. this eight-week program that you're introducing. Can you tell us exactly mm-hmm. what that is about and how you're rolling it out? See, I set up, um, I set up something like every week. It's for the eight weeks, right? It's like eight mm-hmm. essential steps to getting behind the wheel of your own life. So the first four weeks is more of a revealing. Like I want you to reveal. Like I don't want anybody who's not ready to get naked, who's not ready to be honest, um, who's not ready to invest in themselves in that way, who's not ready to experience that level of pain because. You have to reveal what's going on with you. And then we go, uh, the last four weeks is the more the healing part. So I kind of, I, I give you the keys to being in control of your, your own life and how to play this life from the position of awareness. Mm-hmm. So I can't give you the detailed details, but that's the, right. that's the sum it up. Try. <laughs> um, I, I do prioritize it to the people who's in the, my Fortunaire Club first. Okay. I prioritize it to them. Yeah. That makes sense. Now tell us, who is the perfect candidate for the mindful living and healing? Is that somebody who's been through a traumatic experience? Is that somebody who may be questioning their mental health? Like, who is that? To be honest for? with you, all of us. Yeah. Hello? I'm glad you said that because people may not have dealt with death, but look, every day just turning on the news, we're reliving oh, yes. these traumatic yes. experiences every day. Mm-hmm. And imagery is very important. So what you consume is not more so what you consume is what you absorb, but if you constantly consume and something like that, you're going to absorb it eventually. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. We, yep. So um, I say the perfect candidate is somebody who just really – just can't get behind the wheel of their own life. You know what I mean? Like losing hope when it comes to love. They have a hard time forgiving. Because uh, forgiveness does break the karmic cycle. So, you know, if you're having a hard time with that, like, you know, you're carrying um, every, your baggage into every new home, you know what I mean? Um, that yeah. would be more of the perfect candidate for me, like somebody who's ready to just, like, I'm, I'm tired. And I want to I wanna get, get it right. I want to be right. I want, I want love. I want... No, to feel prosperous. I want abundance and I want peace. Some people who want freedom. Yeah. Mm. That's dope. I love that you're providing this space for people. I really love that. And I'm even, as you're talking, I'm like, how do we get a government grant for this? How do we make this universal? You know, it would seem yeah. like something like this should be afforded to every individual, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. I really appreciate you doing that. Now, when you said what you're consuming, I want to get off track a little mm-hmm. bit. Tell us okay. what's on your timeline. So if you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, what's on your feed mm-hmm. right now? So you're saying how we're consuming all of, these, all of this negativity. Do you choose? Mm-hmm. Are you intentional on who you're following and what you're consuming on a daily basis? Most definitely. So when you're mm-hmm. younger, right? you know, your subconscious holds 95% of the data. Mm. So that's a, so you're programmed 
it takes what they say from one to seven. It takes seven years to program a child. Now, you know, we're not aware of the things that we consume or we're not in control of the things that we consume when we're younger. So it kind of shapes us when we get older and we, you know, wonder why we have all of these problems or, you know, we can't get our footing on life and we have a hard time adulting. Yeah. It's because of, of trauma that we um, experience because of, you know, just this in our environment that we had no control over. Yeah. It kind of shaped us a lot. So as an adult, you know, I feel like, okay, once you become aware of these things, again, that's the best play, position to play life from is from the place of awareness because you're no longer, you can see yourself, you can see the wheel, like you remove yourself from the wheel, the hamster wheel of life because you know exactly what's going on, what caused your hurt, why you having problems in, in, in love area, friendships. Any shift that you join, you understand that now because you made that connection to what you experienced as a child, whether it was your relationship with your mother or your father wasn't around or the relationship with your father or your mother wasn't around. You get what I'm saying? So you make that, you start connecting those dots. Now that puts you in a place where you could break the cycle. Hello. So with me, I am conscious. For generations. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's up to us to break the generational curses now. And we need to be, we need to understand how blessed we are because our parents didn't have access to none of this information. They had no help. They just told a man what he's supposed to do, a woman what she's supposed to do, and they suppressed every other essential parts of themselves. Yeah. And they just played a role. So they don't know how to not be ashamed of, of you know, <laughs> the mistakes that they made or they can only display to their children what their parents displayed to them. Now we got access to way too much information to remain ignorant, to not break the cycle. You got way more people that's willing to open up, be vulnerable, tell their story, so you could know that you're not alone. And shame took our parents. That's it. I, I still can't get my mom to talk about certain things. So I yeah. have to go around her, and this is what I do to get – I remove myself from the surface. If you don't remove yourself from the surface, like, of being hurt by your parents, and this is what I mean by that, they've been hurt too. So you got to care to a level where you care about their story. So I talk around my mother, and I say, you know, I asked about my grandmama. <laughs> so instead of talking about how she traumatized me, <laughs> I want to talk about my grandmama and how she messed you up. Right. Because you can only pass down what was handed to you. Yeah. And that's you in a position to break that cycle. So it makes you feel more empathy. Yeah. And then, you know, you get to a point where you like, I mean, you go, you did your best. Our parents yeah. really did their best. Nobody wake up like, I'm about to traumatize this fool. Like, nobody right. wakes up <laughs> With those intentions, I promise you, even the worst people in the world don't wake up with those intentions. They don't. So you just have to, you have to remove yourself from the surface. You have to control. You now that we're older, you know, the, you know those friends that don't benefit you and all they do is gossip and, and, and being on BS and got nothing to lose, they got to go. We got to learn how to clear our space in order to invite bigger things in. 
Yeah, a lot of us be hoarding. We be holding on. We hoarders. We hold on to stuff just because of time. I know it for 10 years. So? Right. How, is, how are y'all growing together? You know what I mean? Like, how, how are y'all benefiting one another? What what is it? Oh, no, but then they're gonna say you acting brand new, right? You acting brand yes, new. Yes, I am because that's what I'm. I need new. I need new energy in my life. You right? Yeah. Mm. We got we got to stop caring about being validated by people. If you want something different, you got to do something different. You got you got to switch it up. Yeah. You have to switch it up. If not, you're just gonna keep complaining. And to me, I you know I I don't have people around me that keep complaining about the same stuff no more. I don't do it. Like, you going to do something about it? No, about I would be quiet. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear it. I don't want to hear it now. So, you know, we look for people to call us, agree with us. You got to surround yourself with strong people if you want to get stronger. You got to surround yourself with those examples. Like, what do, you, what do you desire out of this thing called life? You surround yourself with those energies. And it's going to eventually become your frequency as well. Love that. So, yeah, clean up that timeline. You got, mm-mm, I follow comedians. I follow entrepreneurs. I got some people, you know how they hit you, they find you in a club, they got to force you. <laughs> to follow. Like, hey, follow me real quick. You don't want to be rude. I do got those I people. love it. <laughs> I do follow I those, those people, too. But for the most part, I, I want to, men that know how to treat women, women that know how to treat their men, women that know how to treat their women. You know what I mean? I, I want, I want. Not not doing it for the grand relationship, but I can mm-hmm. see when something is really genuine. I follow those type of people. I just this stuff I know I, I desire out of life. I love it. We got to get out of this superficial world, and I love it. I'm just so glad yeah. that you answered that. Yeah, I need depth. I need depth. <sighs> they don't have depth to them. They can't make me think. They don't give me, you know what I'm saying, like riled up. I like E.T., the hip-hop preacher. I like him yelling at me. I want that because I didn't really have, like, my father was around. He was in the house. He was taking care of us, but he worked a lot. So having that guidance, you know, of, of you know, the masculine energy, mm-hmm. I didn't really have that. So I like mm-hmm. listening to E.T., the hip-hop preacher. Uh, I didn't have the grandmother-grandfather experience. My mother daddy was around, but I feel like the most times I see him is when she cooked. So I don't really, you know what I mean? Like, I can't really say, oh, he, he showed up as a grandfather, and I still, I didn't have that experience, so I listened to Alan Watts, and he feels more like a grandfather to me. So I listened to him, you know what I mean, to, to view life on a metaphysical level. Now, we you understand that it's, I feel like I was, I was just too scared to tap into it because everybody thinks it's weird. Mm. Yeah. So I did go through, like, I, I don't think I really cared about fitting in. I think I shrunk myself to make people mm-hmm. feel more comfortable around me. Mm-hmm. I like that. And what brought you out? What what brought you to shine? With my, with my, whew, I, it was no escape in being different. Like, if you look at my whole family, yeah, we, like, laugh the same or got the same sense of humor, but everybody always knew I was different from them. I don't know. And you know how when you're ready for something? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how when you're ready for something, the universe starts, like, dropping things into your lap? You speak it. I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm living it now. <laughs> That's kind of how me. my life I'm ready. My life goes. So when people ask me, but I'm like, to I who, you that. who much is given, much is required as well, and I'm learning mm-hmm. that as well. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Wow. So when did this occur? When did that shift happen for you? Was that after your sister's passing? For me, I feel like it was after the passing of my parents. I don't know. And I was also a caregiver for both of them. So I don't know. Selfishly, I think, like, you know, it was designed for me to do me now, you know, like, well Mm -hmm. done. You've done good service, you know, even though I'm still caught up in my head that I didn't do enough. But now it's time for you to have your life and pursue your purpose. And now that I'm listening and I'm getting in tune, it's it's opening up for me. And I'm literally getting goosebumps as we speak. I can't lie about this. I can't lie about it. Mm. And the more faith I have, the more is given to me. I'm 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 a yeah. living testament of that. Literally. So that's well, why I, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Is it after the grief? Like at what point does one have to be ready to grow? You know, that was my reason of asking you that. Well, my first um, attempt of stepping out on faith was me leaving my job and moving to L.A. And then right after I moved to L.A., I mean, I'm still like, you know, I'm not I'm not there yet, like where the shift actually happened, but I feel like that was big. That was big for me. Um but I only was there six months, or was it five months? Five months. My sister passed three days before my birthday, August 5th, 2015. Then a month later, September 13th, my pops passed. Girl, this sounds like my So, story. like, back to back. It. Stop it. And I went down a dark, a dark path, and I, then I realized I'm not in control, as in control as I thought I was. It actually is okay to not be strong all the time. So I realized that, you know, the most important part of our energy, no, no not to, you know, the social construct, I mean, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wasn't tapping into my feminine at all. Okay. I was trying to be strong all the time. I was trying to use mm-hmm. logic. I wasn't trusting my, my gut, my intuition, um, my fate wasn't as strong as I thought it was. Um, I feared I had uh, a bad relationship with money. Not saying I did stupid stuff for money, but, like, I feared um, certain levels of success because mm-hmm. of what society tells you comes along with that. Um, yeah. And then me watching my daddy work multiple jobs to keep a roof over our head. Um, I feared being fully in love and being vulnerable um, so all of that opened up to me, like, when they passed, because I'm looking at my daddy. I'm like, like my daddy, I saw when he went to my mama. I don't want to be done by a woman that's like my mother, but I keep attracting women that's like my mother because what you fear, you know, that emotion energizes that, and that becomes your, your, your magnetic field that's around you. So you become the point of attraction for whatever you put the, most, the strongest emotion behind. So I was, I had, I stopped one time. I was going through something with this girl. wasn't even in a relationship, and I just said, "God, why me?" I always ask for clarity, but I think I was ready. 
I was ready for it this here. time. Like, I, yeah. yes, I was ready. Like, whatever you need to show me. And it was almost like a, a movie reel going in reverse. Like, it went all the way through my past. And it, what God was pretty much showing me was that I haven't been playing out my story. I've been playing out my mama's this whole time. I keep attracting women that's like my mama because I didn't feel like I was favored by my mother. So I always went for the women to get acceptance from them because I felt like that would replace, that would satisfy me from not fully being accepted by my mother. So I provided more quantity than quality in those relationships. And I did the same thing with my mother. Christmas, birthdays come around. I'm outdoing my siblings. I want to be favored. So it made me sit with myself, face my, my demons, and bring balance to my life, the balance between the masculine and the feminine. Yeah. But you had to want it. You were ready. Yeah, I had to want it. Yeah, I was definitely ready. As everything was just constantly going downhill, like, you know, a lot of people get lost in L.A., and that's why I found myself. I mm-hmm. found myself there, so... Me, that initial step to wanting to move to L.A. was so I can sit with myself because I, I don't really, I didn't really vibe with the energy in L.A., so I'm not going to go outside that much. I'm in isolation, and it took me separating myself in order for me to elevate myself. I had no choice if, but if, to sit. And if for nothing else but for that reason, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. worth it. Mm-hmm. That's dope. That's what I'm like. I don't supposed to be in L.A. for a long time, but that time that I was down there, I supposed to be down there because I would have been still running around here, all my friends and all my people here in Chicago. I would have never gotten the time to sit with myself in and out of relationships. You know what I mean? Trying to, trying to be perfect in every relationship but never took the time out to invest in becoming that person that I actually wanted to be. Oh, I'm supposed to be. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, I hate to say this. I hate to say, I hate to, hate to, hate to say that anything devastating happens for a reason. That, you know, God know. or Howard Power or whatever would have COVID happen. But when you yep. mentioned to sit with yourself, we've been forced mm-hmm. to sit with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tell me about your experience during the pandemic. And do you just laugh at it all? Like, mm, there's some work going like, on. Yeah. <laughs> I already knew exactly why uh, COVID hit. And that's mm. what it was for people, the same reason why I moved to L.A. And since I've been in it for a while now, it was normal for me. Like, you know, I've been sitting with myself. I've been in isolation. So <laughs> only this is easy. <laughs> Right. The only thing that would change for me was the gym. But they shut down the gym, so I had to work out at the park. But, like, outside of that, everything was the norm. Longer lines at the grocery store, okay, ain't no tissue, all right. But, like, outside of that, it was normal for me. So I I felt like that's what it was meant meant for. But, you know, you're going to always have other energies that's trying to disturb you reaching your higher self. Mm -hmm. So other things have to take place to test to see you know, to test us out so we, they, uh, the universe can separate who's ready for the ship and who's not. And I be failing. I so, fail every time. I, I be like, oh, that was a test. Mm-hmm. 
and I fail. I'll be, I'll be, I just be sitting back watching the world, and they expect me to, re, to respond a certain way, and I'm like, no. If that's not the yeah. light that I'm supposed to walk in, why just because I have yeah. a platform when I speak on things that I'm not well-versed in? I know we had, you know, it's a psychological warfare going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is why you get more imagery on this side, but they're not showing you the whole picture. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Imagery is very powerful. It activates both hemispheres of the brain. They know that. Yeah. <laughs> How can we get to a better place in society? I mean, is it going to take literally each one of us sitting with ourselves and having that isolation? Yes. Is it possible? Is it even ever possible, in your opinion? All right. Think about this, right? And it's going it's to sound so some of you are like, God damn it, that's the answer. Here's the answer. Just imagine if everybody sat with themselves to face their own demons. You don't think the world problem would heal itself? Yeah. I mean, just talking to them like, oh, it just makes sense. (laughs) It would fix itself. today just on this call. (laughs) Boom. That's it. That's what it is. So they they can't allow that, though, because more money comes from um, problems and not solving the problems. Mm -hmm. Mm-mm-mm. But that's another conversation, huh? That is another conversation. Right? That's a whole nother hour. Well, let me definitely <laughs> stay back on track. I want to know, what can we do to assist you in doing the work? You know, it's September. How can we maximize the awareness for suicide prevention? You know, how can we even spread the word about your program and what you have to offer? Um, I don't, I don't even know because I, I think the best thing people can do is start telling their own story and not being ashamed of their own story. Now, as far as, like, with me, I think that's just going to come anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's, that's gonna it's already written. That's going to come. It's already yeah. written. So that's going to come anyway. So. That's going to be like, let's say somebody do partake into my program. I think I still think word of mouth is way more powerful than, hey, she got this going on. Because, because of who I am um, and how I look and my lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a, 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 a bigger hurdle for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people might, not feel like, oh, she don't fully understand. She don't. <laughs> I, I had one of my, uh, should I call her a client? <laughs> I don't want to call her a patient. That sounds weird. That's I had funny. one of my clients tell me that today. Like, I don't think you fully going to understand that it's easier said than done. And because, you know, you you look like this and woo-woo, you don't understand what it's like to not be wanted. And I was like, that's crazy that, you know, you feel like it's pain in receiving love from a surface level. To not receive love that surface, you think that's pain that I don't understand. <laughs> I think that's crazy that we want people to want us on a surface level, and they think that how I look and people lusting me and sexualizing me on a surface level is an award. Yeah. That's weird to me, as if there's no depth to me that I won't explore in love. Yeah. 
I was literally just having this conversation maybe a couple of days ago about, you know, marriage and that not being a goal. Like, that's not a goal, you know? So I love mm-hmm. that you said that, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's uh, dope. I, just, I really want to – go ahead. I'm sorry. Imagine somebody deeply desiring the government approving their love. <laughs> I don't think we realize how silly shit is sometimes. We just <laughs> – it's crazy. It's I don't crazy. know if we were just weren't taught that way, you know, going back to our parents. And it wasn't their fault, you know. We just weren't taught the self-love. We weren't, you yeah. know, I, that's, that's what I, I want to attribute this to. But I, I see a shift. I see a change, you know. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. And even in your sister's case, maybe we were conditioned to, to serve others and not ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Even me being no a Christian, question. like, yes, that's it. Like, that's what I was taught, to put others, mm-hmm. you know, treat others like you will treat yourself. Like, you know, do, right. do, but do you treat do yourself as much that as you way. can. No. That's you put yourself right, last. That's the thing. We say treat others as you would treat yourself, no. but we don't treat ourselves that way. We, we, we treat others that way with, with an end goal in mind. We have others, other intentions on why. We show up for people. It does, it does not come from a pure place. As good as people think they are, oh, I'm a good person. I do this for, you know, I do this and I would do that. But people don't realize you're a good person compared to who. And if you're in, you're comparing it to somebody who you think is bad, your judgment puts you in the same vibration as them. And if you're looking for somebody to give you something back, even to see you, it can't come from a pure place. Wow. You're preaching today. I don't know if they <laughs> expected to get a word by tuning into this podcast today, but I'm really <laughs> thankful that we had this because we needed to receive this. This message has to be heard and this message has to be shared. So I really thank you for being the one to do that and not doing it for likes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this is not well like heal. I gotta put in some work. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And it's worth it. I never felt so light in my life. I love that. So for the mindful living and healing, they need a DMU as well. Any program that they want to get affiliated with, just contact you personally. Well, if they join Fortunary Club they would see how to join the Mindful Living Healing Program. Okay. I prioritize it for them first. We haven't really put it on a bigger scale yet. Um, Like to my main audience, I haven't put it out there yet Um, because I'm one person and I want to make sure I'm giving them quality work. Yeah. And I I can be able to be attentive and carry that weight with them. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to let you sign us out today. I, it was such a pleasure um, featuring you on the Women for the Culture podcast. I want you to please let everyone know how they can follow you, how they can get in touch with you. And, again, you know, we know that you have the Mindful Living and Healing series coming up, but what else can we look forward to? Um, to more healing frequencies within the music, uh, more storytelling, you know, more things that you can connect with 
when it comes to music. Um, I kicked off my visual side of my production company, which is uh, photography, videography, so however you want to tell your story, however you want to exist in this world, if you want that coat in a, in a, in a camera, I started that part of the business. I'm working on another recipe book. It'll be the keto edition to the cheat days of the ugly cook. Um, I, I, I got a lot, girl. Don't. <laughs> we ain't got no time. This is amazing. I gotta, I gotta. I make sure I don't spread myself thin, though. So I, I definitely pace myself. But my production company. Uh, it's 3K9 Productions, and if you need your artist, you need tracks, you could go on bstars.com slash 3K9 Productions and check out my catalog there. But, yeah, that's, that's it for now. Wow, that's enough. <laughs> that's a lot. In this <laughs> I definitely want to thank you. If no one has thanked you, I'm pretty sure that your clients do on a daily basis. But I, I specifically, as a woman for the culture, want to thank you for doing the work. It's not enough people out there, and we all need to find out in whatever capacity, little or small, what is that work? How can we transform the culture? And you're definitely doing it, and nobody asked you to. So thank you. Oh, no problem. I appreciate you. Are you a woman for the culture? Join our tribe by following Women for the Culture on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's it. You can, of course, go to womenfortheculture.com, but just know that you are a part of a safe space and a sisterhood. Feel free to shop all of our merchandise and make being a woman for the culture a lifestyle. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Women for the Culture podcast. Be sure to visit our website at womenfortheculture.com, follow us on social media platforms, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive interviews and content. Thank you.